The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. All right, guys. So second time through, right? Yep, that's right. Second, mm-hmm. second time, second time's a charm. <laughs> well, hope well, yes. Second time is the charm. Okay. My name is Gleep. I'm just back from walkabout, and I was itching to get back into it. So this is uh, yet another special episode of the Those Guys with Ship Show. Yes, it is our gaming community podcast in which we discuss all the things a gaming community discusses. Episode number one twenty nine of our show, and today is October twenty sixth, twenty nine forty six. Please always look both ways before crossing. Now, our regular cast is still enjoying a well-deserved post-CitizenCon break, so with me tonight are two other members from our community, and they're here to share their reactions to what they saw in the CitizenCon presentation. Uh, we, we, uh, we did a great show the other night, but un- unfortunately, the, um, the spirits of the interwebs, the goblins, the um, gremlins, we'll say, uh, just like the one on the wing that was in there messing with Captain Kirk. Uh, they conspired against us, and alas, we are back to do it again for you. So, guys, welcome back yet again, and please do be introducing yourselves. Dietrich, why don't you start us off? Hello, citizens. Uh, I am Paladin, but out to those guys with ships, you can call me Dietrich, as many of you do. Glad to be with you here again, Gleep. Yay! <laughs> And with us for the very first time, um, someone who's been in our community for a, a long time and is a, um, a voluminous, uh, as is Dietrich, a voluminous contributor to our, our uh, forums and uh, always has thoughtful, insightful opinions about all things Star Citizen, Amontillado. Monty, welcome! Hey guys, uh, I've been a backer and fan since uh, back in November of 2012, came to Versecast and TGWS a bit later than that. And I've been enjoying this ride the whole way through. Glad to be here talking about the best darn video game ever. All right. Very cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for agreeing to do the show with me. Um, it's. Um, I just wanted to get... Um, I thought it was, CitizenCon was deserving of another show. And I think it's great to get the perspective of some folks that um, uh, were uh, saw it on the uh, the interwebs. Uh, we're in uh, TeamSpeak chat uh, on uh, on Versecast.org. Uh, watching the uh, the uh, show, the presentation together, and so uh, I think that's an important perspective uh, to present to everybody in the group. So hey, here we are. So here's what we're gonna do tonight. 
Uh, first, we will discuss our overall CitizenCon event slash presentation thoughts. Um, you know, we'll each take a turn recapping and then, uh, you know, banter about um, as is uh, appropriate. Uh, next, we're going to discuss the ATV special edition, the Road to CitizenCon video. We think that that's important. And then we're going to give the Planetary Tech V 2.0 demo video from CitizenCon, the old Mystery Guys Theater 2946 treatment. We got some really nice feedback from when we did this uh, for the Gamescom Alpha 3.0 demo. So, Dietrich, why wouldn't we continue to dance with the horse that we rode in on? Because hmm? hooves don't shuffle very well. I'm still at that age where I'm expected to do it at the club. I, I, I like it better the second time around. It, it's grown on me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, I want to make some mention here that all the normal segments, including new members, etc., will return next time. And next time is going to be Monday, November 7th. We will be recording that evening uh, and then releasing Versecast Tuesday the 8th. So you should definitely listen to that because what else could you possibly have to do that day? Move to Canada? I guess depending upon things, yeah, possibly. 2.6? Maybe 2. Not saying it will, but you did say possibly. It could possibly happen. Let's let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. (laughs) All righty. Well, let's talk about uh, the event. So um, I'll lead us off here, uh, give some impressions from the event. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be there, so... Uh, take that with uh, a grain of whatever uh, whatever uh, suits you. Rub it in. Uh, so, rub it in. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, for me, though, the event, in a word, was all about community. And um, I thought that the Celebrating Star Citizen Community video, which opened the presentation, really, uh, really struck that tone very, very well. Um, and reflecting after the event, I kept coming back to that Without the community, which has grown up around this shared dream, uh, this sh- the shared dream for this game, um, I wouldn't have all these cool people in my life. I mean, I likely never would have met you guys, and uh, and it was so great to meet everybody there that um, uh, you know, ships, gameplay, all that stuff is great, and 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 part of the reason why we're here. But um, I think that the uh, the largest benefit, at least for me, is the community. So. Um, I definitely, uh, I definitely uh, felt that that was the the biggest uh, um, benefit of the event. Um, you know, so therefore, you know, I am I am grateful to uh, to Chris Roberts and everybody at CIG for um, for having the guts and determination to build uh, this crowdfunded open development game. Um, it's going to be uncompromising to Chris's vision, and I think that that's important. That his uncompromising vision and his ability to follow that vision plays a part in the community that has come, that has developed around him and the game. So I, I think that that makes a difference. And, um, you know, of course, uh, one of the things that, uh, that was most notable about, about the event was that we did not get the uh, Squadron 42 mission uh, that had been talked about ahead of time that um, we were all looking forward to so much. And I was, I, I was disappointed, absolutely. Uh, but I, I 
kind of, I was mostly disappointed because I was looking forward to seeing it together with everyone at the event. We were standing in line outside, you know, and, and I was talking to to people and saying, what are you most looking forward to tonight? And every, every, you know, some people were saying, oh, you know, the Polaris. Some people were saying, you know, um, uh, uh, seeing all these people in person um, as, as the thing they were most looking forward to. But everybody, 201, mentioned the Squadron 42 demo. So it was eagerly anticipated, and it, it didn't happen. Um, so that was disappointing. But it was never disappointing like you know, we're not going to get it. It's not disappointing like Christmas morning when you, you wake up and you go, you know, my, my bright, shiny new red bicycle is here. And um, instead you get um, a, a vacuum or a power drill or maybe a barbecue apron, which it means that you'll never get the bicycle. Because, or maybe it... <laughs> All right. So, but it just—it's we didn't get it then. So it's coming soon. I mean, we have a the next live stream event is going to be on November eighteenth. Uh, there's some other stuff that's coming up. We've we've uh, learned recently uh, uh, at that event, but uh, it's quite possible we're going to get the playthrough of uh, of the demo. So it's coming soon, TM. And um, the reason that we didn't get it is because it just didn't it didn't come together as as was hoped as as they were expecting, and um, I you know I don't see that as being the sort of thing that should come as a surprise because the kind of development we're doing is really or not we're but that the CIG development staff are doing really is um, working with so many unknowns so many variables that uh, you know their best guess of what's going to happen next probably doesn't happen all that often you know like Aaron Roberts worked building Lego games and I you know I and they built a lot of them and they had it down to where they knew uh, uh, how long it would take them to take a new um, IP and put it into a game so he could sit there at the beginning of the project and say okay four weeks from today this is what we're going to have done and boom they would hit that mark we can't do that with star citizen because they have to develop so much new stuff and you know so a lot of the times it just doesn't happen so you know but and even another aspect also of the development too um i think is exemplified by what one guy said to me after the event a guy i was sitting with he he said you know that's great that's great but where's the game and I totally get and appreciate the feelings behind that, but uh, I deal with I choose to deal with it like I believe that the open development environment or the open development process necessarily means that there's going to be these frustrations from time to time. We we show up hoping to see gameplay, something that we're going to be able to do soon, and we didn't get any of that. We saw a tech demo, which w- was interesting stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't it was a demonstration of mechanics. It wasn't a demonstration of play, like uh, the interaction with um, what was the uh, the mission giver in uh, the the Gamescom demo, um, Miles Eckert. Um, you know that that has the magic, the gameplay magic to it. Whereas you know the what we saw in the well, we're gonna, we'll get to that later. Um, so anyway, so but I end of the day, I think the benefits to us of participating in this environment environment development environment such as we do far outweighs these little disappointments and and i'm acknowledging they are disappointments i am a fanboy i i will never dispute that and but i acknowledge that disappointments do exist 
And I firmly believe that if Star Citizen was being developed in a traditional environment, we wouldn't have seen any of this stuff. So we would, we probably wouldn't even know that much about the game at this point. Um, there just might be a rumor that it was coming sometime, maybe next year. Um, so, and we certainly um, would not have uh, seen the, the real-time demos like we got at, um, for Alpha 3.0 at, at Gamescom, nor the Procedural Planets demo that we just saw at CitizenCon. So, damn it. Um, I think it was a it was a it was a mighty fine event. Now I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Ditto. <laughs> oh, you want more? Okay. Uh, no, no, no. You had your turn, uh, Monty. What do you think? Well, uh... <laughs> no, I, I just uh, I agree with you there, Gleep. Uh, I since you mentioned the. Uh, the celebrity in the star citizen community video i just want to say that as someone that was watching the live stream and mm-hmm. wa- and watching the chat and mm-hmm. one of the greater moments was both during that video and sandy's uh, heartfelt speech you know or introduction she it, does that so well <laughs> yeah it, and you could see on the video that the folks there were supporting her but mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. even in the chat, you know, I think there was something in the area of thirty to thirty five thousand. And oh, in the Twitch chat, yeah, yeah on the yeah, Twitch yeah. chat, and the Twitch chat, you could just sit there and see just message after message, almost like spam, just going, "Aw, you go, girl," or anything else that was just supported. It, it was oh, good, good. It was a very nice moment uh, to someone that was watching that particular aspect. Oh, good, good, good. And, and since your word is community, I'll just say that my word would be strong. I thought that okay. I thought that the demo was a very strong one. The, mm-hmm. the foundation at, that we were seeing with all their projects, it looked, looked pretty solid. The community showing, I mean, goodness, there was what, six, seven hundred people there? It, well, it was, it was sold out, and I believe uh, the total tickets... Uh, was 600 um, and there, there must have been some other people too um, so but you know and of course I also would say it took pretty strong character on the part of Chris and crew to make the decisions they did I know that mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks were disappointed uh, you could see that in the lot in the uh, in the stream but mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day they made the right call to my mind and mm-hmm. and just because this didn't have the wow factor that last year's CitizenCon did, you know, with with Bishop's speech and the reveal right. of all the actors or the re-energizing that the GamesCon presentation did, that doesn't make mm-hmm. that doesn't make this any less awesome or any less mm-hmm. valuable. It was still a good presentation. Mm-hmm. It was a good event. You know, I mean, because it was, it was less about I think about, um, and I agree with you that the content that was presented was excellent, um, and we'll talk about some, uh, you know, some some of that in just a second here. But also the event, you know, sort of the um, uh, the celebration part of it was was really I think at the fore and um, the um, sort of the star of the day. Monty, what do you think? Well, uh, I watched the CitizenCon presentation from my couch. So nice. uh, so my experience was definitely different than yours, Glee. 
Uh, <laughs> chairs were awful. I, oh I heard God. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, Shep and I, uh, uh, between the two of us, we shared three chairs. So it was I had one and a half awful chairs. So, which I think is slightly better than only one awful chair. You took up three chairs on a sold-out stadium. Really not. Guys with ships. That's how we roll. But uh, but yeah, still, I I'd done my best to watch like the Twitter space and Twitch speeds, and uh, and I got a sense from this uh, this particular event uh, definitely that that the fun and camaraderie was was like you said uh, about community. Um, more so, I think, than I've seen in the previous uh, presentations. I don't know if that's just me or um, or if that really was a, a difference in the uh, atmosphere there. Uh, mm. a, uh, a group of us TGWSers that couldn't actually get to CitizenCon uh, did our best to, uh, to get together on TeamSpeak to, uh, to watch the presentation and talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we ran into some challenges as uh, video buffering on the... Uh, Oh, on, the, okay. on the stream caused us to sort of uh, desync our viewing from each other, and so I'd be oh okay I'd be watching something like five or, or more seconds behind some of the other guys. Um, still, it was a good time. Uh, one of my uh, my takeaways from all of it is uh, going back to community again. Um, it makes Star Citizen so much more fun. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, able to attend 2015's uh, Star Citizen event at PAX East. Uh-huh. But it was uh, just me and a buddy, and we didn't really know anybody there. Um, mm-hmm. And really, we just we drove up there, watched the presentation, and left. Uh, had I been more involved with the community, I think that experience would have been a whole lot better. And yeah. uh, I encourage folks to find a friendly, active group in Star Citizen. Um, TGWS comes to mind. And mm-hmm. get involved. I've heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just get involved. It's a lot more fun. Oh, and the well, uh, you know, presentation was great. Well, that, that was um, uh, echoes uh, something that Jimmy has said before, uh, because he went to uh, Citizen Con in, what is it, 16, in 14, when it was at the same, the same venue, because Jimmy lives right there. Um, and he said the same thing, that he, they showed, he showed up at the event, he didn't know anybody. He went in, you know, he saw the presentation, you know, it looked cool. He goes, hey, it's a cool game. I can hardly wait to comes out, you know, had a drink at the bar, didn't know anybody, you know, maybe, you know, you know, briefly chatted with a couple of, uh, with people, you know, hey, good show. And then, and then he was gone. It was over, you know. So, yeah, I think that this, the community aspect of it really makes the celebration, you know, otherwise, otherwise you might as well like be at, at E3, um, you know, seeing, you know, the latest hotness coming out for uh, from from Ubisoft. You know, I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm just saying that that's that's missing a huge plus that was there in buckets. There was buckets full of community um, at the event this year. Fun is fun. But when you get to share it with someone, you get to have relive it for longer. Well said. Well said. Um, so, um, uh, Monty, how many, how many guys did you say we had? Uh, um, guys and gals. Were there any gals in in, um, in chat this year? I don't think so. And I would probably, maybe, I think you guys had 12 at CitizenCon itself, right? There was at least 12. There were, um, I think uh, there were a couple of guys I know that were wearing shirts that came and uh, checked in with the guys at one of the bar citizens that um, I never ran into at the event. So, um, yeah, let's just let's just call it a baker's dozen. So, yeah, I th- I'm 
I, I recall that we had less than you guys had there, so I'm going to put it somewhere between six and eight. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Good deal. So yeah, it's um um. I, well, I'm glad every uh, you know folks got that wanted to come out and, and get together uh, to watch the event um, had a chance to do that. So, um, but in addition to the community and uh, the uh, uh, the stuff that we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, there were some uh, major uh, uh, segments in in the presentation itself. Uh, first off was um, that I want to uh, brush on or touch on here for a second. Uh, Spectrum, uh, which is Turbulence um, uh, project that they're working on. And uh, they're responsible for the, the web page. And now they're also going to be uh, introducing uh, a functionality that ties the web page into in-game chat and um, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't understand this stuff all that well. How this stuff all goes together, but it, it's gonna, it's going to meld communications from outside the game into the game and make all of it uh, much more intuitive and um, inviting for uh, individuals and for organizations to use. Um, was that kind of what you took away from it? I'm not very tech savvy myself, so I don't really have a good foundation to make that judgment i did see that a lot of folks comparing it to discord and in, mm-hmm. in the in the stream chat and it kind of sounded that way to me and there were some folks that were a little bit disappointed that you could see but if that is all it was i would say that that was still a very good thing you add to it that it is within the game itself and is isolated mm-hmm. And I would say mm-hmm. that's a good thing. The only other thing that I could really add is, um, if I remember right, in the in one of the Around the Verses, just recently, mm-hmm. Turbulent got an award with Star Citizen on the star map. So, you know, they've got a good record. They're getting the recognition. I think that Yeah, they're winning awards all over the place. So I think they're going to give us something good. I don't think it's going to be just a Discord. No, no, I don't. I think, and I think there's also going to be, I guess, as there is for Discord, there's going to be mobile support too. And some of the scenarios we heard described, and I can't remember if it was actually at the event, whoa, earthquake, uh, at the event or um, stuff I had heard or read subsequently, but uh, there's going to be org coordinate. You're going to be able to coordinate stuff with your friends out easily from outside of the game. So. Uh, you know, on your phone, uh, not when you're driving, of course, but say you're at an extremely long stoplight, you know, you'll be able to jump into chat and say, hey, guys, I'm 20 minutes out. Uh, don't start the uh, the raid without me. Um, so it's it's going to be, um, um, and also it's going to, uh, like I say, it's going to sync it into the game. And I have no idea how they're going to do this, and I don't know what it's going to look like when they get there, but I know it's going to be, something of the effect where you, from outside the game, you'll be able to communicate with friends inside the game in the context of the game. So an example I heard was, uh, um, uh, Dietrich, you're flying in your Connie, and um, I'm uh, stuck in traffic, so I jump onto the app, and I'm able to communicate to you in the game, and to you, it's coming out of your ship speaker. You know, which I think is, you know, pretty cool because I don't drive a ship to work. I actually have a Prius, you know, so. I'm not ready for a bubbit in my head. 
All right. So anyway, it's uh, one thing definitely I know for sure. Uh, Jonto said that this is going to change a lot of stuff on our website. So, um, and Jonto is our tech wizard on this kind of stuff. Um, so definitely, um, he's looking forward to it. And if Jonto's looking forward to it, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, Monty, your, your thoughts on it? I am super excited about uh, Spectrum. Um, I'm I'm the founder of my own uh, org, my Transgalactic Shipping Group. And mm-hmm. uh, I cannot wait to get these tools in my hands so that I can start getting that more active, uh, actually going in the game. Um, I, I do have a question about um, the the web page type uh, aspect of Spectrum. Uh, are we going to be able to create our own graphics and web? You know, how much customizability is going to be in that? I don't know yet. Um, so I'm anxious to hear about that. Um, and I'm going to repeat something that I was hearing from the guys at INN, uh, the mobile integration that you were talking about, mm-hmm. that needs to happen sooner rather than later. And I think it's a, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's a crucial pillar of the platform. I, I've heard that. Um, I, I mean, I heard them discussing that. And yeah, it's, um, uh, I know that uh, they were saying, I believe, that they couldn't make the switch over to Discord. And I guess they had been using a, a bunch of other different applications like Skype and, and um uh, mumble or um, uh, ventrilo uh, but they couldn't make the, they didn't make the complete switch over to discord until there was mobile uh, integration so um, yeah so I, I I believe I believe that that is important because you know you think about it I mean how much stuff do you do on mobile you know for your life a lot you know so anyway. Well, good, good. Yeah, looking forward to that. And, and uh, to your question, Monty, I'm, I'm imagining it will be highly configurable, you know, because uh, already, you know, um, I know John's done all the work, but I know that, you know, we were able to select how it is that our RSI uh, org page looks and, and set it up to us to a certain degree. You know, not we can't customize it real fine, but uh, um, it, it is it is somewhat flexible. All right. And then. Um, the Polaris, the Polaris. We had a commercial, um, and say I and uh, when the commercial for the Polaris started, we didn't know yet that we weren't going to get the Squadron Forty Two demo. And so when it started, I immediately thought, "Oh boy, here it comes, here it comes." And and then they they said, "Ah, the twenty nine forty six Polaris." I'm like, "Oh, oh." Um, but anyway, it's a fine ship. It, it was $750. It's big. It's got torpedoes. Um, I didn't get one. Um, what do you guys think about it? Monty, you better go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I like it. Uh, despite what I think is an overly pointed nose, I'm not really sure what that's all about. Uh, I think it really captures what I envision when I think of a Corvette-type spaceship, and it's definitely keeping in the RSI look. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean visually here. Uh, functionally, I had thought a Corvette as being more of a uh, a projection of military-level power amongst uh, civilian bandit-type ships and situations, um, not a torpedo ship designed to be a cap ship killer. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm still not sure on, on that role and how the Retaliator ends up fitting into this grand scheme of things now that the... Uh, the Polaris is out there doing its job, I think. But uh, I will wait and learn. Well, Retaliator is is much smaller, and it carries... I mean, because I think it only carries four total. Is that right, Dietrich? Four total of those torpedoes? 
four in the front, two in the back. So total of six. Okay, and I believe that isn't the Polaris, doesn't it, like, carry tens of these things? Yeah, uh, lots more. I believe, if memory serves, 28 total and salvos of four. Right, so, right. So, like, seven salvos for 28 torps. And it also has a working pool table. That, so That's important. That is very important. And that was confirmed. Ben Lesnick confirmed that. He said the pool table will work. So, And I guess because it's, it's designed uh, for longer missions. It's designed to be out on on uh, longer journeys. Because uh, you, you would think the retaliators are pretty short-term. Uh, does the retaliator even have bunks? I don't think it has bunks, does it? It does for the pilot slash captain. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's just it's not my it's not my cup of um, of beeswax, but you know that that that's fine. That's fine. I know. Uh, I think uh, uh, Dietrich, you had checked on the hangar page, and we have five of them, four or five of them in the org. Five of them as of a couple of days ago. Oh, nice. So we're all gonna get to play with one. Yay! I suck at billiards. Yay! All right, cool. Uh, okay, so um, Dietrich, what do you think? Well, if you want the long, long, long tail, I would say... I, we don't. I, we, we really don't. Yeah. We really don't. I, I would say, if you want your eyes to just bleed, go check out the forums. I put up a number of posts <laughs> about it, each from a different angle. Uh, my beef is I wish that the hanger was bigger. If we're going to have a hanger, I really, really wish, and I really believe that that ship, above all others, needed a dropship capability. Uh, sized vessel a redeemer the new hoplite you know something to that effect because that sounds very militia like to me you see a, you see the pirate you you go and you capture them or, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, looking at it from another angle if you're going to be doing you know search and rescue is one of the billets I would like to have for someone like yourself Gleep uh, a red or a cutlass red I'd like to have you know a, an ambulance to go out there and help you with those kinds of operations yeah you know I'd, I've heard it mentioned a couple of times search and rescue and I do not get that for that ship I mean how do you have 28 torpedoes on a search and rescue mission well first you blow it up and then you search for survivors for, yeah, for, you clean up the parts you know <laughs> we can rebuild him you know I I, yeah, I don't get that. I mean, I, I I get the the idea of you know going into dangerous territory. Maybe you know if you're trying to extract um, a person of interest from a, a giant armored space fortress, you know, then yeah, you need 28 torpedoes to do that. But you know, that 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 didn't ring true to me. So anyway, but that's cool. Um, so. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty big ship. It's the smallest capital ship. I mean, how much bigger would it have to be to be able to um, hangar um, a Reliant or, or a Hoplite? That's a good question. I do, I do know that with all the video I've seen on it, it, mm-hmm. it looks like a Saber is a tight squeeze. So, mm. so that hangar isn't very large. Yeah, but I, I think it's cool the way that it opens up and the and it and it puts the ship on top of or you know the the internal ship on top of the big ship. 
So you don't have to try to land inside the ship. You know, you have to just land on top of it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I'm not a good pilot. It's uh, it's just not my cup of tea. I think it was just I w- on a positive note. Oh my. I, I I will say that there is definitely a lot of folks that want to have what they're calling a pocket carrier, just so, okay. so you know the endeavor was looked at for a very long time of hey how many hangers can we cram on this thing and turn it into a carrier, you know mm-hmm. that they want the folks seem to want a carrier that isn't an Idris so this is uh, in a positive outlook the company offering a pocket carrier even if it is at a premium and maybe not the way i would have liked it but you know they're trying to uh give something that folks have been demanding for a good while yeah cool all right well um, i'm looking forward to seeing it in game and uh, and flying around uh, on it with uh with the super ed leader brothers because um, they have all the nice ships Okay, um, uh, Monty, did you have any uh, other thoughts on the uh, Polaris, or are you, you good? I uh, I read somewhere recently that I think uh, two more meters would uh, give it enough space for a uh, for a Vanguard. Really? That's all, huh? Yeah, just a little bit bigger. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I would support this. <laughs> you would endorse that? All right. Well, um, we're going to talk about uh, Squadron 42 update in just a second. Um, but uh, do want to run through the roadmap that was presented real quickly, uh, 2.6 through 0.4.0. Um, so in 2.6, we are expecting Star Marine. They talked about the new locations. We're going to get a couple of maps, a 4v4 and a 12v12. Uh, game modes, we're going to get the deathmatch and, and something called Control, which I guess is like a King of the Hill kind of thing. And then uh, lots of new content that we've seen uh, uh, in association with Star Marine before. Uh, in 3.0, we are going to get basic professions. We're going to have trading, cargo, piracy, and smuggling. Uh, Jimmy got all excited there when they said that. Uh, mercenary, bounty hunter, bounty hunter. Uh, the Stanton system, the complete Stanton system, or a com- complete Stanton system rollout. And it's not to say that it won't be added to later. Uh, new ships, including uh, the Rover, uh, uh, Dragonfly, or the Drake, Dragonfly, and Caterpillar. Yay! Got one of those. Looking forward to that so bad. And then also the Constellation Aquila. In 3.1, we are going to get mining and refining. Yes. So uh, mining, refining, processing, quantum interdiction for those piratey types. Uh, refueling for those, those of us that have a Starfare. Yay! Going to try that. Uh, hope, uh, remember to put out the cigarette before dispensing the fuel. Uh, escort missions, additional solar system locations, and then new ships. We are getting the Cutlass Red and Blue. Yay, Cutlass Red. Got one of those. Um, the Misk Hull C. Now, Jonto was um, was a little bit disappointed because he said, hey, I've got a Hull B. Um, does that mean I'm, I'm going to be able to... Is my B coming out too, or will I get a Loner C? Or what happens if you have a Hull A? Will you be able to get a Loner C? Or... So anyway, um, you know... Folks, uh, folks are anxious uh, for for them hull ships. So definitely looking forward to seeing at least one of them. Uh, Misk Prospector. So yay, going to get some mining, and then the Origin 85X, which is the fancy snub that comes with the 890 Jump, I believe. 
Um, in 3.2, repair and salvage, we're getting salvage and repair. Uh, mercenary covert operations. There was no elaboration on what that means, but so just make it up for yourself because it's not going to be here until next summer. Uh, additional solar system locations again, and then oh, lots of new ships. Constellation Taurus, Phoenix with the hot tub. Anyone got a got a Phoenix? Do you have a Phoenix, uh, uh, Dietrich? I do not. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you did. Um, the Anvil Terrapin. Yay! Uh, the Aegis Vanguard Harbinger. Uh, also, the Sentinel and the Reclaimer, which a lot of that, you know, the place blew up when they when they saw that because a lot of people got the uh, the Reclaimer for the Om Nom Nom Nom. Um, so, looking forward to that. Then in 3.3, farming and rescue. Yes, we're going to have farming, but it's unclear farming where. Um, like in my, my Habicube, I mean, because there's no Endeavor. And as far as we know right now, the Endeavor is the, the thing that has the, the farming uh, apparatus uh, attached to it or associated with it. They even have a picture of one of those biodomes uh, uh, that uh, you can get for the Endeavor. You can, you uh, can so- tend your favorite plant in your hangar. I guess so. We're going to have, you know, like, go get potting soil or something. Um, and then there's going to be rescue, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that with uh, uh, my search and rescue ships. And then, of course, more locations. Anvil Carrick. A lot of people are excited about that for the exploration. The 890 Jump. Yay. So now you're going to have a park, a place to park your um, your Origin 85X. That's nice. Uh, Banu Merchantman. That, that, I think, it was between the um, the Reclaimer and the Merchantman, uh, which one received the biggest cheer. But I don't People love that Merchantman. Dietrich, you love the Merchantman, don't you? I do. Uh- Why? It reminds me of a Q ship. That's what I think that it will be. And ter- it just big guns on a on a mobile store. We'll, okay. We'll we'll see how it turns out, but it's definitely one I watch very closely. All right. So and then the Misc Reliant variants. Uh, so and we're going from three point three right to four point zero, which is supposed to be at the end of next year. So. The way they have this set up, it seems like we're we're looking at quarterly releases. So three, if we say 3.0 ends this year, maybe um, at the beginning of uh, spring we will get 3.1. Uh, beginning of summer, 3.2. In the autumn, 3.3. And then uh, just in time for year's end, 4.0, in which we will be able to travel to multiple star systems, do some exploration and discovery, science and research, uh, more uh, uh, solar system locations, and then the RSI Orion, the, the the big miner, and then also the Anvil Crucible for fixing up your ships when you bust them. So that's very exciting. Looking forward to um, to all of those releases. Um, uh, more more the releases in which I have a vested interest, but um, I think all of it is exciting stuff. And when we get to 4.0, it's really going to be like a game, don't you think? Oh, yes. Monty, comments from you about all this. Uh, I think the roadmap's really cool to see. Um, The patch I'm most excited for is uh, always going to be whatever the next one is, though. (laughs) Yes. Uh, If I had to choose just one and stick with it, it's got to be 3.0. You're saying 4.0 sounds like a full game. Uh, 3.0 seems like a, a huge step toward it to me. Uh, from from oh, where yeah. we are right now, and uh, and hopefully it'll be out by the end of the year. Uh, there's no guarantees, but uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right. I think that it's it's sort of 3.0 rounds out sort of the framework for the game. You have a, a little bit of most things, but then um, once you have more than one system, then I think you're you're talking. You're, you're, you've gone from system to perhaps getting closer to galaxy, and then who knows? Uh, someday we'll get to the universe, but. Anyway, so very excited about the uh, the roadmap. Looking forward to all of those things. Oh, um, I can't say which one I like the most. All right, what? I want three point two. All now, why is that? All those nice ships that are on my lookout list for, like the vanguards, the the, the rest of the Connies, but I want that reclaimer in game. I want to blow stuff up and make profit off of it. Do you have a reclaimer? I have a CCU. Oh, okay, okay. So I mean, that's, that's a ship that interests you. I mean, oh yes, we we all have ships. I, um, I, I, we're guys with ships. I want to try what's in the game. The Starfire was known as genocide for fun and profit. On the fan, oh, <laughs> on the it just sounds wrong. It sounds wrong. <laughs> oh, on the fan duel. Oh, on the fan duel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you clarified that, Diedrich. Um, well, good. Yeah, I you know I think that's going to be an interesting um, an interesting ship to see the reclaimer. Um, there was an early uh, fan uh, machinima, I guess, for lack of a better word for it, done of a reclaimer uh, squashing in its big pincher jaw thing, squashing a hornet, and it was like really it was kind of creepy actually. Um, there was no pilot in the hornet at the time, but. Um, you know, as an offensive weapon, I think that's, you know, that makes for some, you know, especially this time of year with Halloween, you know, <laughs> you know, it makes for, for scary gameplay. So the claw, the claw. All right. Well, um, we've uh, talked about it uh, a little bit, so let's uh, actually get into it here. The Star Citizen, the Roadmap to Citizen Con video, which came out as... Uh, an ATV Around the Verse special edition came out the week following uh, Citizen Con. Uh, so it's been a couple of weeks now. And um, it came out uh, actually on Friday of that week, I believe. Um, so uh, first things first, we want to uh, make big mention of at the 1550 mark, uh, there was some great exposure for our friend Jimmy and for our uh, TGWS org. Uh, how about them t-shirts, huh? Got uh, Jimmy got some um, got some good camera time uh, uh, visiting with Steve Bender uh, wearing his T-shirt uh, proudly, um, so I thought that that was very very cool. Uh, but for the greater Star Citizen community, I, th I also think that this uh, this video is important because it was a great exposition of the process leading up to the go no go decision that that Chris and Aaron had to make. And um, I think when we talked um, last time we tried this <laughs> about um, the interesting sort of behind the curtainness of it in which we got to see uh, or got a better insight into the role that Aaron plays in, in, in this company. Because uh, I think that some folks the, who tend to be more pessimistic have, have uh, feared that uh, Chris is um, just this unbridled creative force at the top, you know, dictating, you know, we, we will move no further on anything else until this is done. And uh, it seems like, like Aaron is, um, is a, a good, um, a good uh, 
counterpoint to his um, to his uh, to Chris's enthusiasm. Uh, uh, Aaron's pragmatism, I think, is um, is a, a good counterbalance. Perhaps is the, the word I was looking for. So. Um, and, you know, from this video, I, I don't think that there can be any doubt that everybody involved in, in this uh, project worked extremely hard uh, to get the, uh, the demo, the Squadron 42 demo, out in time, and it, it just didn't happen. Um, they, you know, as Chris does, they went big. It was supposed to be an hour of gameplay. Can you believe that? An hour. Um, and, um, you know, unfortunately, the team just couldn't hit that mark, and it's not because they aren't up to the task of doing it. It's just because they're, like we were saying earlier, there's so many variables in play here that it just the the planets didn't align um, in time uh, to have it uh, come off. And and I think uh, the um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, when they actually made the no go decision. Uh, one of Aaron's arguments was, look, at this point, all we're doing is putting patches on that are not furthering development of the game. All we're doing is, put, is putting Band-Aids on a demonstration instead of focusing upon making improvements to the game that we're going to have to do eventually anyway. So that's not a good use of our time. Let's instead focus on the Planetary Tech V2 demo instead and uh, save Squadron 42 for when we can present it properly in its proper form. Um, so I am so okay with that. I'm so okay with that because, um, you know, I really believe them going big like they do on these things is, is how we get the awesome stuff. And, um, and I, I definitely want to acknowledge everybody there at CIG for everything that they did in trying to make this demo come off on, on, on time for us and, uh, you know, encourage them please to keep doing that, you know, the way that they've been doing it. And when the awesome is ready, you know, we'll be here. Um, so, um, and then one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, you know, as I also, I heard or, or read it said uh, afterwards that um, CIG should have had a plan B, and I totally disagree, because back to Aaron's point again, if the primary goal is to develop the game and not to develop presentations, then CIG should keep working on the game and not on, not be focused on presentations. When there's something in the game to show it, show us, show us that. Um, but don't don't spend the resources creating those band-aids for a demo um, that are you're just going to have to rip off later and actually get back in there and fix it. Um, when uh, you know you can be uh, you can spend instead instead spend that time finishing development of the game so it can come out and um, and we can play it. Damn it! So what do you guys think? I got to give props to Jimmy just really quick. Mm-hmm. I, I think what he said, the way he said it, and everything was a reflection of what many of us should aspire to be. You know, mm-hmm. almost very zen about it. And the and I think it's a reflection on uh, CIG that they put that segment of Jimmy in there. That mm-hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, everybody, what you choose to edit in is a reflection of your values or how you look at things. So the fact that they chose him kind of shows us CIG's attitude, and I think it's a good thing. Well, they have just excellent taste in T-shirts. Oh, did you did you guys notice? Um, I, I'm sorry to to um, 
uh, oh, to divert here go, for a second. Go ahead. Um, did, did you notice when um, Chris was talking at, uh, early in the presentation and he made a comment about, you know, about community and about how it was great to see all of these communities come together um, and be, um, you know, celebrating with each other. And then he made mention of, you know, like I see all of, you know, these organizations, like some of you have your own T-shirts and he pointed directly at us in the front row. Yeah, that was a great moment. Very funny. It was like, woo! Yeah, I, sc- I screamed like a little girl. It was cool. Mm. And, it, and, and they let me stay afterwards, so that's good, too. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to tell you a little story. I think you have heard might have heard this one. Like two days ago? Yeah. <laughs> but, but when I was studying to be an engineer a long, long time ago... I had far, far away. No, it was very near. <laughs> I had to take a humanities course, and I t- uh-huh. and from a rather horrible list of classes, t- I chose a documentaries film course. Mm-hmm. And in that class, I got to see two or three good documentaries about tech companies that were going through their respective trials and tribulations. And, mm-hmm. and the. ATV, you know, special edition reminded me a lot of that style. And interestingly enough, the style is what impressed me the most out of the video because it, you could see it communicates through how it's put together that it wasn't just some piece of marketing. It was, no. it, it was something that was real. It was taking mm-hmm. place over time. And then you could mm-hmm. see how when it stuff happens you know when poo poo happens that all of a sudden you know you get to see why and you know you could see the disappointment you could see that folks wanted to make it happen but it just didn't happen and Mm -hmm. and that this style and the communication of its authenticity i appreciated because if for no other reason than it made those that were disappointed and very vocal thereabouts just apologizing all over the forums for i'm sorry we doubted you chris yeah no i i think it definitely turned some heads back the other way um monty what did you uh think about it uh i thought it was one of the best atvs i've seen um probably yet and uh to dietrich's point about the documentary style um i think it speaks really well toward the uh, making of documentary that we're going to get if they can yes if they can put that together in as a uh, professional a manner as this uh this atv was done um just props to them for for that that was that looked uh, really good um and yeah what a great payoff for uh, all the efforts that went into getting those t-shirts made that was very cool yeah that's a shout out to jonto who uh who spearheaded that for us and uh yeah it was uh it was very cool to be uh, to be part of the group, you know, wearing wearing the shirt, wearing the flying the colors, as they say, even though it's only black and white. But you know, um, yeah, what did you guys think about the little snippets we saw from the actual demo as they were working on it? Huh? Looked pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Did you uh, did you see the arcade machines in there? No, no, were there arcade machines? Uh, off to the right in one of the corridors. Yeah, it looked like uh, vintage, uh, you know, Miss Pac-Man or something. It's probably a Hyper Vanguard Force. I don't know, but... Uh, you would have... To, oh, that would just be awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful that that's in there. 
Uh, oh, that would be so cool. Apparently, we follow the Federation model. We must have entertainment all throughout our ships. Absolutely. Holodeck, sign me up. Um, all right. So, yeah, I thought it was a, a very, a very good, you know, and it's mea culpa is not the um, is not the right way to to uh, to term it. But I think that, you know, coming off of because the presentation is not the place for Chris to say, you know, this is why, you know, we had said I was going to we were going to do this and we're not going to do it. And this is why um, and go into any kind of great detail. But I think what they did was, you know, very, very smart um, in that it, 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 it pulled the curtain back at a time when you could really argue that we needed to see behind the curtain or that it was good for the health of the project to see, to see a little bit more behind the curtain, why it is that we didn't get what we were expecting. And um, I, I, think, I think it was, it was extremely well done. And um, I, I think probably the biggest takeaway is the more tired he gets, the funnier Steve Bender is. Oh my gosh! Was that he, he, was that tiredness or was that uh, alcohol? <laughs> well, in the in the the video in the not at at at, at uh, CitizenCon, but you know when they were working because I think he was the one that the first one that said that I'm not sleeping. <laughs> And Mr. Kirby, he was uh, he was he was talking to uh, to crickets. So that's always funny. That's never not funny. Uh, okay, well, ta-da! We are here, guys. Let's watch the Procedural Planets version two video. Uh, Mystery Guys Theater twenty nine forty six is showtime. Uh, so, folks uh, out there in uh, podcast land. Uh, if you go to the YouTubes, and I'll put there will be a link in the show notes. But uh, if you go to the YouTubes and just go to the uh, Star Citizen channel, uh, you should be able to find it. It's Star Citizen full colon Procedural Planets V two, and so bring that up if you would, and cue it up to the five second mark. You should get a beautiful, soft, glowy um, picture of Layer Three, uh, the Layer System twenty nine forty six. Hey, that's now. Uh, August 26th, 5.31 in the afternoon. Oh, it's, it's commute time. Standard Earth time, Monty. I remembered. Very good, Cleet. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we'll give, a, give folks a couple of seconds to get that uh, set up there. Are you guys ready to go? I am ready. Got our, got our sound turned down low. We want it up just a little bit so we can hear Pedro's music, uh, but not so loud as to have it bleed through to our microphone. I got my popcorn and soda pop. Yay! Love the popcorn. What? No butter? Dietrich. Oh, I love the butter too. The butter. The butter is implied, Dietrich. Ah, uh, ready to go. All right. So we're going to do the three count as we do, and then press play. So three, two, one, go. Dun, 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 dun. There's a distress beacon already. I've been busy. Who'd been, who would have even guessed? God, look at the planet. It's beautiful. Kind of looks like Earth. It's got like a blue atmosphere. Oh, hey, look, it's Olasar. Now, this is actually a replica of Olasar, right? Uh, it's similar. I'm not sure if it's the same station, though. I didn't see landing pads. But we can, we can assume roughly the same size, I'm guessing. Right. And, oh, we're going into the atmosphere. And I don't know if either of you guys played No Man's Sky, but this already just 
you know, beat Snowman's Sky like a like a bad puppy. No, you shouldn't beat puppies. It beats it like something. It's better, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, so we are cruising over the water here, and the water looks really nice. Um, and we're getting some snow. We've got, we've got a variety of biomes that are happening. And look at the clouds. The clouds are just awesome. I mean, they some of them look wispy. Some of them, you know, kind of look like they're um, uh, they're kind of settled on the ground. And then you have other ones that are high up in the air. And now we're coming into some trees. And um, yeah, and we're getting a little bit of popping. But uh, they were saying that part of that is because it's not completely optimized, and the other part of it is because. Um, we're never going to be traveling this fast uh, in in the actual game. We won't be flying this fast, so it's not it's not going to be an issue for us. But we are moving at the speed of plot. Or the- we are moving at the speed of awesome. Um, but look at the grass and and the and the ooh and the and the John Abrams lens flare! Yay! Monty, did you make popcorn for everybody? Just me. Sorry. Ah. I demand beer for compensation. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Your civilization is so evolved, Dietrich. Vikings in space. There you go. And he, oh, hey, here, oh comes, here he comes. Here he comes. Here comes. Okay, let's listen real hard. <laughs> so what that was was uh, the the little man on top of the Paramount Mountain uh, saying hello Citizen Con, and that was very very cool. And we're back to um, sort of uh, snow capped mountains here. Uh, kind of looks um, it's above the tree line. There's no there's no vegetation, but there is uh, there is some some snow, and uh, you know it, it looks kind of similar to places I went on walkabout. Makes me sad I'm not there now. No, it's, I'm not sad because I'm here with you guys. And we're glad to have you. Yay. And um, I, more veget. I got to say, yeah. if I was up on that mountain and you flew by me without even a wave, I, I wouldn't be making that gesture. You, you didn't see me wave? I waved. <sighs> Sorry. I guess I was in the back. I'm trying to get pop my popcorn. Constellation Ho! So they've now made this transition, and I think now we're actually in from the perspective of the pilot of the ship in third person. So, and it is a Connie Aquila, huh? Yeah, yeah. the n- wow. nice demonstration of the two point six camera work. Yes, and a new character model, uh, uh, yet another male, but uh, a different male. So, um, ladies, uh, coming soon, hopefully. How is all this camera work going to jive with the idea of no third person in combat? I I think that that uh, that that rule went away. I I don't I don't think that they're sticking to that anymore. But I don't know that for a fact. And uh, so, oh, we so we uh, we have a we have a bead on the distress beacon. Oh, but no, none shall pass. So there's a giant dark knight there who said we can't land. So we have to uh, go off to the right, as one does. No scouting. Scouting not allowed. Oh, look at the contrails. God, I love those contrails. 
Yeah, because well, and and this is also this is being done in a development uh, uh, version of the game. So in game, we're not going to be able to like pop in and out and like through the cockpit like that. I don't think. Um, but we have a safe landing zone, so I feel a lot better. I don't know about you guys. Yep. Yeah. As I pointed out last time, the, you could see that the uh, inter the the uh, interaction has changed because of the atmospheric flight. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And um, I definitely the cockpit is a lot friendlier for the Connie too. Except for those struts right in the middle of the view. No, I, 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 you know, this is why I own no RSI ships because I don't like that, not at all. So we're coming into land, and it's really, uh, it's really nice. Ooh, look, yay! And uh, then here we see one of the benefits of the, uh, the third-person camera thing. You can sort of right your ship before you, you plop down there, and we're on the ground! Yay! Yay! So and it's time. Time to change out of our poop suit. Yay. So, Gleep, if you don't like the struts, are you saying that you're a wheel man? I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> time to go. Ooh, time, well, ooh, inner thought. You see, we got the, the inner thought system, too. So, um, we're uh, changing into our armor. That's nice. And it's nice that they faded to black so he could, you know, a little modesty there. That's nice. Um, and uh, now, next, he's going for his helmet. No, no helmet, because he has a mohawk, and when you have a mohawk, you don't need a helmet. Would you mess with a man that looked like that? No, no. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Muppet of healing. I don't mess with men. And uh, we see the inner thought there uh, for uh, commands for the elevator, so that's kind of cool. And uh, apparently there's no atmospheric uh, concerns, because he is not dying right now. Uh, apparently, this guy is a character from Squadron 42 who we will be meeting hopefully soon, TM. And uh, different from the pupil to planet guy, but um, also somebody that we're going to get to know in game. So that's kind of exciting. And he has a sniper rifle, which is also exciting, with a scope on it, a really nice scope. And he's uh, scouting out the uh, terrain there, looking uh, for his uh, distress beacon. And. Can, I don't know. Did we get a perspective on uh, the crash site yet? No, because he, he has to discover yeah. that. Yeah. So the rovers, the rover is here. You know, I love that you can put the rover in there, but look how much space it takes. There's almost no room for our cargo in there. Well, nah, you got to make decisions there, Dietrich. Can't have it all. You but put, I want it all. You put the cargo inside the rover. Hey, see? Kind of like the, uh, what did they call this? The Kachina doll thing. Um, is that right? Kachina doll? Cl Cloth no. tech. Flags waving. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know they were uh, they were very uh, proud of how that... Now, this, this uh, landing area looks pretty busted up. You see, there was like a table sticking out of the window, and, he, and hey, look, the Ursa rover has a gun he's not going to use. Um, and uh, the, the signature you, RSI uh, tires. Yeah. That, Tell me, that's not going to end up in a commercial. Hey, that's important. It is important. This looks great. Oh God, it's so I'm going to spend hours doing just this. 
and now, driving around. Yep. Remind me when we get to that part later on that I do the thing from the other game. Okay. Uh, okay. Thanks. You know, if you look at the speedometer, just look how his bouncing, you know, his speed is actually changing. I mean, most... Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard that the motion is being driven actually by the wheels turning, not some fake moving the uh, vehicle around. That is so cool. So it, it makes physics sense. Because we've all played games where, like, when you walk uphill, they try to account for it by just slowing your speed in half. You know, and it, and it, and it looks real, real cheesy. But this, this looks like he's actually driving over this terrain. Or it's believable. My immersion is happy. And I'm just glad that it's not like a Mass Effect Mako to where he can just drive over hills that are just straight vertical. This actually is yeah, believable. Yeah. yeah, I used to do that in Star Wars Galaxies. You could climb mountains. You would just put your, your character on auto run and set it at the base of a mountain and hit climb. And it would do this really bizarre looking slow motion thing. And you would go make some popcorn and come back an hour later. And uh, he, by that time, he would have made it to the top of the mountain. I don't have to go pop popcorn now. You guys have referenced it one time too many. Now, hold on, Dietrich, we're almost there. Who was that? A pineapple? It looks like a pineapple. It's not a pineapple. Couldn't be a pineapple. There's like a mist. There's an ominous mist on the land. Some sort of cactus or yucca tree. It looks like oh, it looks like yucca trees. Yay! I should know that. I just got back from there. And here's uh, we're coming up. Oh, we're coming up on the um, the speaking of Drake cutlasses, uh, the Drake cutlass wreckage, and it is wrecked. Eh, replacements cheap. You know, they, they, they are sort of the Yugo of uh, the Star Citizen universe. And it looks, it looks like scavengers have already been here. There, There's nothing left there to There used to be big bennies in that box. Noodles don't keep well in the desert, though. Gleep, did you respond to this distress beacon? I did. Well, we all did, actually, last Two days week. ago. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Your situation oh. has not improved. No. <laughs> All right, so we're back inside the rover and we're continuing on towards the distress beacon. We have determined there are no noodles to be had. We are not we are not swayed though. We are like postmen. We are continuing on our appointed round here. You see now, now, Dieter. Look, there's there's your uh, your taillights that you were um, you were all perplexed about. Uh, yeah, the the the, last time. the lens flare is so strong it changes the dirt. These are some bright ass future space lights. So make note of that. 
Give it to me on a flashlight. I'll blind everybody in the Black Guard. <sighs> Dietrich. They're on our side. <laughs> okay, so now um, we have seen a placard in the sand. And the where we landed is now 2,500 meters away, so two and a half kilometers. And the placard says, hmm, javelin class. I guess that means there's a javelin class. Darn the sun's you, reflection. What do you learn in javelin class? I guess how to throw javelins, huh? Discus, discus class would be where you learn how to throw a discus, right? Are we almost I believe that's. I believe that's known as track. You guys have to help me out here. I, I only have so many bad jokes. Well, actually, that's not true. I have infinite bad jokes, but I'm counting on you guys to stop me. Okay, so we're back in the rover, and we're heading towards... We have determined that a big ship has lost its plaque. We're yeah. unsure what that means. Yes, let us go into the chuck point here. What could possibly hurt us? Hey, we've got we've got these incredibly bright taillights. We're, we'll be fine. R2-D2, where are you? I know. And we've got sand people. Woo! Nomads, I guess. There goes the tire. <laughs> yeah, there goes the tire, not the gun. No. Now, now he's on walkabout. Three, yeah, he is. Three kilometers worth. Boom, boom. The force will not awaken. Boom. It's a good shot. Pretty good shot. Boom. He's all about the headshots too. It's like he already knows where they are. <laughs> I liked in in the um, uh, video we were just talking about a little bit ago uh, when they were lamenting that the uh, the nomads uh, were more interested in shooting rocks than they were in the uh, the character. Like he gets out of his car and all the nomads begin shooting rocks. That'll show him. He'll become frightened and flee. Well, they're very poor nomads. They had one mine, a couple of rifles, and they somehow all got here on just one dragonfly. Well, you know, they they, they carpooled. They dragonfly pooled. All right, so now he is on foot. He's put away his fancy sniper rifle and is using a handgun because that makes sense. Well, actually, close quarters because he's going inside an Argopod. Yay! Argopod with... Onboard electronics by Monty. Aegis. For some Yay, reason. Yay! Because that makes sense. All right. So uh, we are downloading data. Ah, okay. So I. Okay. Now I'm seeing this again for the first time. And he, so he's now acquired a single point of information. So this, I guess that sort of gives us a reason why he needs to go on to different locations to get other data points. They number their pods. You don't? Catch a rod! See what I did there? I don't need escape pods. Catch a rod! 
My name's Scooter. Moxie's my mother. But you didn't know that, huh? Did you know that? I did not. That Moxie is Scooter's mother? Well, nobody's no. using this one. I think I'll take it. I'm not well-versed in Muppetology. It's Borderlands, Dietrich. Not Muppets. Borderlands. <laughs> yes, I know. But Scooter was a Muppet. I thought he was going Muppets. All right, so we I, are on the move again. Wow, look at this. I want to fly one of these so bad. Do you guys do you guys have dragonflies? I do. But mine's yellow. Mm. Yeah. It's in the recycle bin. <laughs> I would much rather have a dragonfly than a Merlin. Amen. Same price. Where they were. So we are cruising along. These are really nice trees. I want to go here. Lair. It's really nice ground textures, too. I mean, you can see the sand and the rock, and it's very, very cool. There's a Mirage. I, I wish he would go over to the Oasis. I want to see what, like, do we get reflections? You would think. Now, um, I did, uh, was out uh, perusing the Reddits, and I came across a document which sort of spurls the... Uh, uh, the lore for this planet, um, uh, you know, that it's not an inhabited planet. Uh-oh. What's that in the distance? I think it's a sandstorm. What do you mean not inhabited, Glee? I mean, there's not, like, there's not cities. Right. That it's, um, that it is frequented by, um, uh, Outlaws and some miners because of there were two things that they mine here and I can't remember what they are one was crystals and the other one was something other than crystals but um, the reason why it is not inhabited we will be seeing soon TM wink wink Ah, so we, we have found yet another Argo pod with onboard electronics by Aegis. Aegis, because it makes sense. I think that's a good ad or slogan. Because it makes sense. I would support it. Now we have got, what, half a dozen different data points. So we are triangulating like, like nobody's business over here. Escape pod 18, so 18 escape pods on Javelin. Oh, that's a I like deductive reasoning there. That's nice. Oh, my God. And the, so there is the space station. Now, you don't see it moving, Monty? Yeah, I see it moving. I didn't, but I guess your eyes are better than mine. Mm. Yeah. It's view in full screen, <laughs> Monty. Full screen. You know what? What I wanted to do was I wanted to make a mental note to go back afterwards and pause it to see if I could see it move. <laughs> 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 oh, God, it's only Wednesday and I'm already this tired. <sighs> you broke Gleet, Monty. <laughs> All right. All I can so say is eat your heart out, Destiny. That was a famous mm-hmm. screenshot from Destiny End. Now, that looks so much better, Star Citizen. Well done, Chris. Oh, yeah. We're back on the Dragonfly, and we're continuing on our way here towards... 
the beacon, and it's it's inter- I guess it's Google Glass that he's wearing, or I guess you know, or we're just going to have to the the uh, the magic of the HUD technology will be revealed to us at some point. But you know, he's got all these HUD indicators, but he's not wearing a helmet. Con- he has dark contact glasses lenses. On. Yeah, I guess something like that. Well, something like that. But he's not not using a Moby glass. Well, it is all on the panel, so it's probably just on the dragonfly itself. But that's well, no. But it's it's not moving. It's not moving with the other indicators from the dragonfly. Like if you look at your reticles, they are they are bouncing with the uh, the dragonfly. Oh. But, the, but I'm just being too picky. Man, look at the and the the way that the sand overlaps on the stuff that's buried in it just seems so natural. Uh oh. And there we see why uh, there are no cities on this planet. Uh oh, big contact. Yep. We have we have fauna. Big fauna. We're gonna need We got a worm! We're gonna need a bigger bike. <laughs> Or <laughs> I wish I had a styrofoam cup to squish. Um. So now, okay, back on the bike. We have seen the big worm. Worm. Do you guys ever see the movie Fridays? Once a long, long time ago. I have not. Chris Tucker and Chris Tucker and Ice and uh, Ice Cube. I think it was. Yeah, there was a character in there named Worm, and Chris Tucker would always say Worm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. It's a good movie. Um, back on the bike, and we are cruising into the sandstorm because we have dark glasses on, so we are impervious. I have shades. Sand cannot hurt me. The hawk will protect me. And look at, look at, I mean, the way that it, it's like riding a jet ski, the way that it just kind of crests these, uh, waves in the sand, and it, but it, it feels right the way that it's, it's, moving along there and this looks like a launch tube or a, a launch bay part of the the ship which is missing um, but there she is <gasps> no 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 force awakens reference here at all nah Chris would never use a trope nope it is guaranteed 100% tropeless the dragonfly has guns <laughs> no, but it's a really nice sniper rifle, and he shot him in the butt. I don't know why he shot him in the butt, and I don't know why when you shoot a guy in the butt. He Ooh, face plant, face plant, face plants on the side of the javelin. But if he lived to tell that tale, it would have been epic. Yeah. All right. So now we need to remount our steed for the remaining ten meters of this journey. Ooh, look at the lightning. The lightning is just awesome. Yeah. I guess sandstorms actually do create produce lightning, don't they? Uh, what is it? The Hudabis? Is that how it's what it is in India? Or I know in in Arab speaking countries there are haboobs. Ha, ha, well, uh, but the, yeah, those have been known too. I, I said this last time. But I gotta say it again. We have barbed wire and fences, but all they do is say, "Here, come up this ramp." Yeah, well, I mean, but it doesn't look out of context. I mean, so, you know, yeah, I mean, it's a subtle hint for... It's it's not like he's on rails, but it's definitely also a clue of 
You might want to go this way to keep the story moving along. All right, and so now we're coming up on Steve Bender's favorite bit. Uh, hey, look, it's a storm. Let's watch it. I wonder if he's ha he has popcorn. Did he make popcorn? Do you make popcorn for a sandstorm or would it get gritty? Not Probably get gritty. Yeah, he's wearing a mask. He's not going to party. Mm. <laughs> I like that you equate eating popcorn with partying. All right. Boom! So we got a, a little inner thought uh, prompt for takedown and uh, proceeded to ventilate the gentleman's throat. Now watch where this guy ends up during this sandstorm. I'm still not convinced he's got any kind of shelter in here. Yeah, it's God, it's hard to tell. I just wish she... I, I keep moving my mouse to the left like it's going to make a difference. But anyway, incredible atmospherics. Yeah, the sound is great. Yeah. And as quickly as it arrived... It is gone. Although it looks from from the state of things here that that was not the first sandstorm this uh, wreck has weathered. Indeed, this looks like a much better place to hide. Yeah, apparently he thought so. Boom! Until he got shot. And I like that our hero took no damage at all there. That guy unloaded a clip, a bearing clip on him, and he took nothing. Because he's on the side of good. These guys were out here minding their own business. <laughs> oh, sure, like this was their... Um, uh, dub, 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 javelin. Just trying to scratch out a living. You know, some jerk comes out from out of the desert on walkabout. Hmm, was that a shot? No, never. But he okay. Ooh, ooh no, no. Ooh. Look at, look at, look at it. Oh, we don't get a, we don't get a, no. a distance reading on that. He's not on the bike. But we did. Uh, we have heard that it was about like eight kilometers from yeah. the Javelin wreck to the base where we landed the ship originally, which makes that from here to there the entire diameter or length radius or diameter length it, distance uh, across the map of uh, Skyrim. So Put anyway, point being that this is just an enormous, and, and this is just a small part of this one planet, which isn't even a really big planet as far as we know. Which is crazy, because in Skyrim you could be at the throat of the world on the top of the tallest mountain, and you still can't see nearly as far as this. Wow. Uh-oh. More bad guys. They want their dragonfly back. Yeah, they, they must have bought the combo pack. 
they could have just been passing by, and here you are shooting them. I know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get the idea of like provoking. Uh, oh, sandworm! Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, shoot him. Yeah, that'll help. Yeah, and then put your gun away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was funny. I don't know. Uh, did you guys see um, on the um, he is so on dead. the live event that the worm disappeared the first time? Yeah, I w- yeah. Oh, and we're pulling back now. Oh, but what happens? What happens next? God, look at that! Look at how big that area is. And he got eaten. The end. Yeah. Oh, and we're back out in space now. There's a star with more John Abrams lens flare and another planet and floating in space a giant star citizen branded thing because it's that cool. Yay! Yay. Very impressive. Yay. Yay. Thank you. You know, I just noticed something, Herr Gleep, just really quick. At at 28.59, if you look really closely, while the -hmm. the worm is doing his thing, there is actually Mm -hmm. a nomad that gets off his bike and is shooting at the worm on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no one one said you had to be smart to be a nomad. Yeah. Okay, I'm going back 2859. Okay, 2854. 45. Why am I doing this? I don't know why I'm doing this. Now now the podcast is just about me watching television. Good radio. 55. I'm 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 locked in now, though. 57. 59. I didn't see it. Oh. Well, look at 58 then. I no. No, enough of you. <laughs> All right. So, guys, um, I, what did you think? I mean, I, it's just I've, I've seen it. Uh, actually, I did not watch it after the presentation until we watched it the other day uh, just because I, um, I wanted to see it again for the first time uh, for the show. Uh, but now, so this will be the third time that I've seen it, and I, I, I like it a little bit more each time. So... Um, I think it's extremely, um, extremely cool, extremely exciting. Uh, as we were saying earlier, it's not exciting from the gameplay perspective. It's more exciting from the um, the world environment perspective. You know, I mean, there was no real. I mean, we had the, sort of a, the loose underpinnings of a mission, but it wasn't uh, cool like you went and talked to Miles and he sent you off to do something and then he double crossed you and then you double cross the double crossers. You know, so it didn't have that kind of um, traction to it, but. Uh, um, overall, I mean, very impressive, very impressive. So, what do you guys think? I thought it was a great example of a spontaneous mission. You're talking about uh, the Miles Exhart thing was obviously a scripted, um, you know, uh, a planned. This is how you go about doing things. This one looked more like a oh, you come across a distress beacon, almost a procedurally generated mission type thing. I think it it really shows the possibilities uh, of what might be to come. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that's a, that's a good take. This this could be the sort of thing that just sort of randomly happens. 
which is really going to be kind of scary in some ways because you know if you could have worms nomads mines and all that kind of stuff you know how many other dangers can you can they procedurally generate between uh local creatures and environmental conditions i i don't know do you think they could do procedural fingernails on a chalkboard eh, it's not going to have the same effect but i'm sure they could manage it somehow don't give them ideas <clears throat> <laughs> I know, I, sh I should patent that. All right, well, um, guys, that's about all I had uh, for the show tonight. And hey, we're coming in at just under 90 minutes. Uh, pretty good, I think. Um, so uh, what do we got coming up? Uh, as I said earlier, we are going to be back to a normal recording schedule beginning on the 7th of November. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, I want to uh, want to thank you guys for coming out and um, and joining uh, me tonight. I hope you had a good time. Um, uh, wanted to uh, you know, and also to uh, acknowledge you on the show for um, all the the really cool stuff that you guys do for our community. Um, you know, you guys are huge contributions on the forums and uh, in game. Um, I think uh, you guys are probably there's you guys are probably the, the most active in game. Of um, of anybody in the group, um, and uh, we really we really appreciate that because uh, it's always it's always fun to come out and uh, see you guys around, um, and uh, you know uh, read up on, on on what your thoughts and, and opinions are on stuff in the forum. So um, thank you for for you guys. Really appreciate uh, everything that you do, and uh, look forward to continuing to do it with you for a long time to thanks come. Thanks for having us, Glee. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, it's always great to be a part of the of this uh, little org that you got here, Gleep. Very grateful. It's the best oh. the best damn community I've ever been part of. Awesome, awesome. That's 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 why we're here. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad that it's working. All right. Well, um, hopefully 2.6 is not out yet. Um, I have not heard any new news uh, about the avocados in the last couple of days. So uh, perhaps um, uh, there will be some news on that before we record again. But uh, we do know that the next live stream is going to be on the 18th. We are going to get a concept sale on the Tavaran Prowler. So a boarding ship. I know... Um, uh, I was uh, texting with uh, Mark uh, earlier today, and he is just—he's all giddy. He can—he uh, can hardly wait. And your name came up, Monty, because there is a fan art contest uh, in conjunction with the release of the Prowler. Uh, but it's uh, kind of like they did with the Dragonfly; it has to be low tech, either with crayons or Microsoft Paint. So that's an interesting. Concept. I have—I uh, have uh, already so, uh, submitted. You have. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing that and uh, looking forward to seeing what the Prowler looks like and all the other stuff that's going to happen between now and then. So uh, definitely uh, do stay tuned for all these wonderful things. And in the meantime, please do go to engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's enjin.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. Check out their schedule, too. I think I think we might be on more than just that now. But, um, yeah, definitely check them out. They have an app, too, which uh, works really well um, on the mobile. So um, uh, check it out. It's, it's nice to have. They play good music. They play good music, and Jimmy's on there with his quantum drive, and there's also... Uh, replays of other shows too. I believe uh, Guard Frequency is on there, and INN is on there. Um, uh, uh, the INN guys have several shows on there, so it, it's a it's really cool. Support our um, our games uh, internet radio station. 
You can reach the podcast by email, comms at versecast.org. On the Twitters, we are at Versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertsspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash Versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Now is the time on Sprockets when we change our monkeys' nappies. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Dietrich Amontillado, your contact information is not in the show notes, but you know what? I'm thinking, folks, if they want to reach out and um, and talk to you about the show or ask you questions or whatnot, that uh, probably the forums uh, or Versecast over at versecast.org uh, are probably the best way to reach you, or they can they go out there, they can direct message you too. Yes, the forums is definitely the easiest way to find me, for, or look me up in the TeamSpeak. I'm usually there, and I know Monty is too. Excellent. And um, uh, Monty, I think you're also, uh, you guys are both on the Twitters now, aren't you? Yes, indeed. Yep, and the uh, RSI forums and chat room and all that as well. All right. Well, good. There's lots of ways. Uh, reach out. Uh, tell the guys how much you enjoyed them being on the show and uh, thank them for their participation. All right. Well, until next time, then, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been our community podcast. Good night, Gracie. Yes. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> hey, you got him. You got it. Oh, man. Dietrich, Dietrich, you got your thumb. Yeah, yeah. He stole it on the on the re-record here. But it clicked. Did you really have an earthquake? I mean, wow, dedication. St- no, no. It's, it's, it's just once per show I bump into my mic stand and it sounds like an earthquake. 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 Run. <laughs> we have to stop. <laughs>